0: want to think of myself as not successful yet because then it gives me that drive to to keep going. At every moment it's important for me to both feel successful and also kind of uh,
1: like yeah like was that enough? My marriage very successful, I feel very successful that's
0: probably the biggest accomplishment I have have the unique ability to be anything and everyone and multitask and experience things that femininity is like strength and kindness, you know it goes from femininity is all about love it's not about fight. So once you start fighting and wrestling with boys I guess you stop being feminine
1: your lifelong passions dreams and aspirations your joys and creative spurs your femininity your success all in one place this is Girl Skill with your host Anna Rova. Hello, hello, and welcome to Girl Skill podcast, where we talk to different women from all walks of life about how they are redefining their own success, living their life on their own terms. And this first ever episode of Girl Skill podcast is with Leanne Beasley, a great friend of mine, the craziest digital nomad and location dependent entrepreneur from UK, who doesn't really take herself that seriously. Says yes to exciting opportunities with ease and she has a great sense of humor i promise you're gonna laugh throughout this episode she's of course uh, the co-founder of coworker.com which is a platform for connecting freelancers and, and entrepreneurs of co-working spaces around the world which is valued now at 2.5 million dollars Besides Leanne's story of how she started working online and founding Coworker.com, she will also tell us about how Sexyspatula.com was her best learning experience and why investing in a silly business idea is better than doing an online business course. Why Leanne had switched from online marketing to tech and how it is to be a woman in the tech industry. She's also, she also is going to give us some uh, really good advice, uh, especially for women. How Leanne came up with $12,000 and spent a week with Richard Branson on Necker Island in two days. And of course, stay tuned until the end to find out what Leanne does every morning to get her creative juices flowing and stay connected to people as well as her recommended apps, platforms, and tools to stay productive, efficient, and inspired in her work and personal life. Girl Skill. Female Success. Redefined. Leanne Beasley, welcome to the Girl Skills Show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me on the show, Anna. Yeah, no problem. We're actually recording for the second time. I'm not, and I'm not ashamed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to thank you for, uh, you know, taking the leap and trusting me because the first interview we did was great. And then somehow magically the file was lost and, uh, Leanne was so, um, so great just agreeing to do it again. So here we are, here we are, which I think is actually going to be interesting for listeners because we're going to go through it like with, you know, more passion and uh, we're just going to go straight into it. Um, okay, so Leanne, we're going to start, as you know, with the uh, this or that questions. Um, there's going to be about 15 questions and you're going to have to uh, basically choose this or that, this or that. Okay, you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Bring it on. All right, let's do it. So Leanne, uh, sex or sleep? Sex. Flip-flops or high heels? Flip-flops. Thailand or Mexico? Thailand. Mm, Lipstick or mascara? Lipstick. (laughs) Yoga or CrossFit? CrossFit. Facebook or Instagram? Facebook. Skirt or pants?
0: Skirt, unless it's leather leggings and then definitely (laughs) pants.
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Hot or cold? Hot. Hot. Dogs or babies? Dogs. (laughs) Bandas or whales? Pandas. (laughs) Intelligence or sense of humor? Sense of humor, all about the banter. Mm, Comedy or drama?
0: Drama.
1: Money or fame? Money. Leather or lace? Leather. Mm, And last one, freedom or hope? freedom there you go we just finished it good work <laughs> awesome so that's a great start and uh, now we're going to go into so I have two questions that I would like to start every interview with and the first one is uh, Liane, what do you love about being a girl
0: oh what do I love about being a girl so many things I think the fact that we can just wear whatever we want and express ourselves through clothes, I think, is is huge. I mean, I love having fun with with fashion, whereas I feel like guys are definitely more limited on that side of things. So yeah, I'd say fashion and creativity in our appearance.
1: Mm, that's awesome, love that. Okay, and the other one, uh, let me ask you: um, Do you consider yourself successful, and
0: why? Oh, oh, that's a difficult question. And I think no, I don't feel like I'm successful yet. Because, you know, if you once you kind of accept that you are successful, I think you become complacent, and you just coast along. So I think for me, I always want to think of myself as not successful yet, because then it gives me that drive to, to keep going and keep pushing myself and keep trying to get to that next level. So yeah, I'm gonna gonna go with a no. Mm, That's interesting. But do you think you've achieved some sort of a degree of success? Well, again, I think some success is so uh, so subjective. I mean, I've done a lot of stuff. I've achieved a lot of things. I've created a lot of things. I've built a lot of things. I've had lots of like random good experiences. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't want to put myself in that successful category because then <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not being ambitious enough. No, oh, interesting. That's a really fresh perspective. Awesome. Okay. So it's, it's more of a progress,
1: what you're saying. Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, so now we get into your story, and you are known now today as the famous Leanne Beasley of the famous co-worker platform <laughs> that you just launched with your co-founder, Sam, last year. Well, actually, it's going to be two years, right, in October? Yep, mm-hmm. yep. And yep. you have... Uh, the biggest platform in the world for co-working space, connecting co-working spaces with uh, you know freelancers and remote workers who are just travel or looking for um, you know a co-working space. And uh, currently, you have more than you said, five thousand co-working spaces listed, and more
0: than is it? Have you hit one thousand cities yet? oh yeah we're way over a thousand cities we're in um, 120 countries now so it's i can't remember the number of cities but it's definitely more than a thousand
1: right and then you've also welcomed the first uh, co-working space in afghanistan you've been mentioned like in in magazine and i guess i'll call the publication like forbes and you've recently raised five hundred thousand dollars from angels investors to uh you know scale it up and uh yeah, this is amazing, and you're valued at two. Was it two point five million dollars
0: now, or more? it was when we did the round? Yeah, so it's, it'll be more by now because we've grown a lot since then. But uh.
1: right, so that, that's incredible. So I want to talk about. I'm, I don't necessarily want to talk about you know the business success and how you went about things around there because I think there's plenty of spaces for that. But I really want to talk about how you. How you got there and, and what were really some of the turning points, uh, in your life that led you to this, uh, stage of success <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and how you, how you went through it as a girl because like I know you as the. One of the, probably one of the craziest, uh, girls out there who's just, you know, jumping into things or not afraid of doing mistakes, who's not afraid of being herself, you know, and you went to like the Richard Branson's island and you just took a leap of faith and you always have these crazy stories like <laughs> passing, what is it, the Thai border through like, uh, you know, bribing the, 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 the guys, the customer. <laughs> um, and then.
0: There's a few slightly illegal activities on my, uh, right, my right. yeah,
1: and you're just writing about it, and you're always, you just, what I love about you is that you take life, you'd never take it seriously in a way, and you really see it as a game, uh, no matter what it is, business or, you know, life in general, but you're always good with people as well. Uh, you certainly helped me a lot, um, in different things, um, for the past year. So, Let's start with so I know that you worked in advertising and um you mm-hmm. started in advertising and there was this organization Isaac that you mm-hmm. also participate in that was kind of like your um let's say cataclysm I suppose yeah <laughs> so tell me tell me about that tell me about london and because uh, you're from UK well not london actually right so
0: tell me tell tell me your story where did it start Alrighty, so I guess uh, well let's start with ISEC since you mentioned it I was one of those uh, super ISECers so ISEC is a student organization and I got involved in it as soon as I joined university and then Through that, I started going overseas a lot to conferences. I was doing work internships through ISEC in in Bangladesh and, you know, um, for being a trainer at conferences in like Mexico, going to all these different places. And then eventually I had the chance to be the vice president of ISEC in Togo in West Africa. So I was there for a year and... Yes. After that, I ended up falling into the advertising industry and I moved back to London. I was like, right, it's time to, to move back to the UK. I'm, I'm going to settle down. This, this is it. You know, I bought an apartment. I got a great job, all those things. But I only lasted a year. I, I just felt like there must be something more to life than doing, you know, going into work at 8am, leaving at 7pm, going to sleep and then just repeating it, you know, day in, day out. So I was like, there must be more to life than this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you there where, you
1: know, because you're now a location dependent entrepreneur based in Thailand and, uh, you know, you're riding that wave of obviously location independency and this is like, you know, the life that so many, I know, women dream of and, you know, to get there, like you've, you've gone through such a journey, right? And Tell me about that moment. So you said there must be, you were thinking that there must be more to life than this. Like what, mm-hmm. like when did that moment happen for you? What was, is, was there a turning moment? Were you sick of the job? Uh, did you, were you exposed to someone else doing something like that? Or like, when mm-hmm. was that
0: moment? What was the emotions? well so i just changed so i was working in one company an advertising agency in london for a year and then i was in account management so that's the person that kind of goes between the the client and you all the developers and the designers but i really wanted to get into strategy planning and they didn't have any open roles at the agency i was with so i moved to a new ad agency in london and My like second day there, I realized I've made this huge mistake because the culture at the new agency wasn't as strong as the culture at the previous agency. And, you know, it's at the end of the day, the culture that you're in is so important. The people that are around you, the energy, the atmosphere. So. I had this huge panic on my my second or third day where I'm like, oh, shit, this this is a mistake, but I can't move anywhere else now. No one's going to hire me if I've just been at this place for, you know, a week or something. What am I going to do? The only solution I can do is go overseas again. I have to leave the UK. (laughs) Um, And there was a company that I'd heard about um, a couple of years earlier through ISEC in Malaysia that was really well known for its culture. And... So I thought about it, you know, I have to go there. I have to move over to Malaysia to work for this company. And by the time I got offered the job, it was like a three-month process. I was actually loving my job in in London again at that point. But I still felt like there was something more out there. I didn't just want to be stuck in the the usual routine. So I took like a 90% pay cut to go to this company Mm. in Malaysia. But it was so worth it because that was then a springboard for, for everything that I've done since. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, would you say that because you were exposed
1: to kind of, cause you traveled a lot before that as a student, right? So for you, it wasn't, it wasn't like my case where I've never been that far. So for you, it was kind of an easy decision in a way to just jump into it and go for it. And like you, you, you trusted yourself. Where did that come from? Like in a way, Were you always kind of the rebellious kid? Were you nurtured as like following your gut, you know, like just doing, you know, (laughs) have your parents kind of brought you in that way? Or where did that come from? Like, where did you have that from?
0: Well, number one, moving to Malaysia wasn't such a big deal for me because I'd actually already lived in Asia before. I lived in Vietnam um, for six months and then traveled through Asia when I was 18 before university. So that wasn't a big leap, I think. So I grew up in the countryside. I grew up in the, in a field between two villages. I didn't even live in a village. It was literally a field between two villages. And I was so isolated. And most of my life, I just grew up thinking that I'd stay in this kind of area. The nearest city to me was Liverpool. So I just thought, you know, oh, this will be my life. And I never even thought about looking outside of that. And then when I was 17, because I didn't get on with my parents. Um, well, I didn't get on with my mum at the time. And so uh, I went to boarding school for my A-levels. And that's where I met all these people from all over the world like I made friends from you know China Hong Kong Nigeria just all these places and because I then have friends there I could go visit them in like China and Hong Kong and I realized that you know there's absolutely no point sticking to the place that you were brought up there's no reason to so yeah Mm. I guess it just comes from trying to escape the escape the field between two villages.
1: Right, right. And you get exposed to certain things and you're like, you know, like this is exciting and, and you kind of follow that and you follow your gut and you take the leap, and you just do it. So yes. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so now you were in Malaysia working for this company and I know you stayed there for, what, was it more than a year, two years? No, I think it was about a year. Okay, and then you jumped into like freelancing. How did that happen and why?
0: Well, it started when a some people that I'd met a few months earlier, we connected really well. And then they went back over to Canada. And then I got a call and they offered me the chance to come over to Canada to work on this client project for them. And I was like, wow, that's like a great opportunity. Let me do that. So I went over to Canada to work with them for three months and then it was really, really cold in Canada. Like It was so cold. So I couldn't deal with the weather. And so I was like, Oh, you know, let me get back to Malaysia, and I'll keep working with you remotely. So I started doing that. And then eventually, I just kind of graduated to taking on more clients doing more freelance work. And then I kind of took. I guess it's a pretty typical digital nomad journey, right? You kind of start learning new skills, and then, you're like, right, I want to apply them on my own business. So then I started building, you know, affiliate websites and dropshipping websites and learning, you know, all those, those kind of things. Like SEO, ads, you know, building websites, design, um, and then I started taking on you know, bigger freelance clients like tech companies in the US, and then. Yeah, I guess it just kind of spiraled from there. Mm, I see. And what was that? So you, because
1: you did a presentation at uh, the Nomad Summit about how you are the girl with no skills, pretty much with no like design skills. (laughs) And you skills? I have no skills at all. No, no skills. skills. Uh, Yeah, and and therefore you were on the Girl Skill um, podcast. Well, depending how you read Girl Skill, right? But um yeah, I love the fact that you're just jumping into things so easily, you know, and you don't, you don't seem to have that kind of belief or, you know, a, a belief that's holding you back from learning something new or for trying things out. And it always seems like you just figure things out, you know, so... What would you say where where does that come from? I mean because, you know, you 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 switched from a from a stable job with a stable income, so to say that, you know, most of the people are in to something very unstable, very unsure, you know, it was insecure and wh- how how did you do that? Like where did the security come from or the maybe there was no security.
0: Like how did you jump <laughs> into that? Yeah, I guess there was no security, but I just had this feeling that I had to do something. And actually this, I guess, quality in me, it only really developed a few years ago. I mean, being from the advertising world, especially as an account manager, you're just somebody that talks, right? Like you've got no skills. You are just somebody that talks to people. And so I had it in my mind that, you know, you have to be a specialist to create things. If you want to build a website, you've got to be a developer. If you want to be design things, you've got to be a designer. And I kind of had those limiting beliefs definitely throughout most of all my early 20s, my mid 20s. And then it was only kind of out of, I guess, sheer desperation. You know, I didn't want to go back to a regular job. So I had to figure out how to do things. So I just started researching. Everything's on Google now, right? So it's kind of like there's no excuse to not figure out how to do stuff, especially when there's so many tools online to create things with. You know, like you can build a website just using WordPress with a visual composer, drag and drop, you know, template builder like there's so many hacks to creating things so if you just learn the hacks you know all of a sudden you've got what people think are skills but actually you've <laughs> just got a you just got a way of making things <laughs> yeah I love that you kind of camouflage yourself as the the person who like
1: knows it all and knows how to build things and write copy whatever but you you're right there's so many tools out there and I love how you shared some of them as well where you just drag and drop different yeah. templates and it all looks great you know, there's so many designers who are working right, right, remotely and freelancing and all of that stuff. So I think that's great. And you said, what did you say to me before that you got to combine, if you know, what is it, coding, writing, and design...
0: Yeah, if you can figure out those three things, and like I say, you don't need to be able to like code from scratch. You just need to know how to build websites, build emails, or at least have an understanding of how it works. If you've got good writing skills and you can do basic design, you know, whether that's um, in Canva or my personal favorite is I use Photoshop templates from the Envato marketplaces. So I have the subscription to a thing called Envato Elements, super cheap monthly fee. I think it's like, you know, $29. And then you've got access to this entire database of website templates email templates so you have, like photoshop templates fonts everything and it just means you can create absolutely anything and then because professional designers have created the templates All you need to do is just, you know, change colors, put your words in there, mess around with it, and it looks super professional. So, yeah, that's my, that's my hack.
1: And there are many platforms like that now, like Creative Market and all Mm -hmm. of those things. All right. So you are now freelancing and then you're you're starting to be kind of, you know, on your entrepreneurial journey. At some point, you started uh, selling spatulas online that you went to China (laughs) to like check
0: out the factories. What was that about? This is like the craziest thing. You know I just I just wanted to know how you create something from scratch and and get products of your own and I was thinking cause I'm really into to Home decor, so I thought about doing my own like home decor brand, but I had no idea how to how to get products made right It was this like confusing world that I thought only big companies did, so I'm like right, okay, I want to figure out the process with something that's really simple that I don't need to think too much about and I went online I was like going through all these courses. And a lot of the times they use this one product as their example. And they say, whatever you do, do not use this product. You will not make any money from this. You won't sell anything with this here. This is just an example. Do not do it. So I chose that product. Right. Because it seemed like <laughs> to do. naturally as, as one does. So that was yeah, a kitchen spatula. And so I went into Alibaba and I'm looking at all these different suppliers, looking at the minimum order quantities. And. Then I got samples from about 10 different factories. I went over to view three of the factories. and To China. You went to China. In China, China, yeah. in, In Shenzhen. I just took the train over from Hong Kong. I've heard that's the worst place to be at i actually really liked it oh okay I think, I think it depends on which part of shenzhen you go to uh, there's actually an area there called oct which is like this really cool hipster area with like these lofts and like cool coffee shops and things actually yeah it really just depends on where right. you go so you you pack your bag you you found these factories
1: and like you were on a plane to china to check factories for your spatulas to sell online. Yeah
0: but Seriously? then I ended up ordering the 3,000 spatulas from a completely different other like different factory that I hadn't seen so literally as I'm transferring them the money I'm like is this a scam am I I'm, are they going to disappear well I never hear from them again you know I'm paying for these 3,000 spatulas right now but you know it was I kept before I decided on spatulas I was trying to think of a perfect product right and like you can waste so much time trying to think oh what's a perfect product what's a perfect business idea and then there isn't one, right? You're just gonna like put your feet in in the water and and do it. So yeah, that's why I uh, I just
1: <laughs> right. Didn't really so you
0: too much to did you yeah? Did your three thousand spatulas arrive? Yes. So (laughs) then I had them shipped over to the US to sell on Amazon. And I'm so glad that I did it with something as trivial as spatulas, because there are so many bumps along the road, figuring out shipping, figuring out customs, figuring out, you know, how you get things from customs in the US to the different, you know, um, warehouses that they have to go to. There were so many things that I had no idea about. And I made a ton of mistakes. So many mistakes, because it was something with as cheap as a spatula, it didn't really matter, you know, so, um, right. But you use that to
1: kind of, you know, learn and then you just get, you you were just playing with it, right? Like this is, this is something that I'm realizing now is if you're not going to do it, you never know, you know, and now I realize that I would rather do it and then kind of learn from it, or if it's not going to work, that's fine, then not do it and be in a comfortable position.
0: Yes. And I think also having fun with what you're doing. I mean, so when my spatulas were in the ocean on their way over to the US and China, uh, a friend of mine sent me this new um, website template and it was a really nice parallax one. I thought, oh, you know, I really want to build a website with this template. What can I build? They thought, hmm, I have these spatulas. Maybe I can do something with them. And they're like, hmm, hang on a moment. What can I do here? And I checked and the domain sexyspatula.com was available. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I got it, and it was around the time that Fifty Shades of Grey, the movie, was coming out. I was oh like, you know what? God, maybe I can jump. <laughs> well, I thought maybe I can jump onto the- all the Twitter buzz around it by hijacking the hashtag. So what I did was I got all these, um, I went onto deposit photos and I found all these um, like sexy bedroom scenes, and then I found this designer that was in the ukraine and um, that was able to superimpose my spatula into them in this amazingly realistic way like it literally looks like people are in their lingerie holding my spatula oh my god and do so you I still got- have pictures of that i'd like to yeah. post them I, I do i will dig them out also the domain sexy spatula.com is still alive um <laughs> but uh yeah it was like a fun little Experiment, you know, it's just, and I think that's the thing with business. You can't, when you're first starting out and you're just doing these experiments, it's good to play around with it and see what works.
1: Right, right. And I feel like, how, how did you, when you did that, uh, Well, what was your income? Like, were we doing it on the side or what, what was your plan? Like, this was such a huge risk. How did you take it?
0: Well, you know, it it was a risk, but at the same time, I did also have freelance clients at the time. Um, so tech companies that I was doing like online marketing for, so I had a safety net. But it was honestly so cheap to get those spatulas made. I think three thousand spatulas cost me just over a thousand dollars, and then you know you've got the shipping that's maybe and you know, all the customs thing. So you know, maybe in total it gets to like maybe two thousand dollars. But it's the kind of it's cheaper than. Doing a bunch of courses and, you know, not doing like not having a practical business at the end of it right and i end up selling almost all of the spatulas which covered what i i spend and more you know so i didn't really make much money like i literally like grazed the surface yeah but, uh,
1: yeah and for you, you you told me uh you know on, my, on our previous interview you told me that for you it was always you had a skill by this time you had a skill that you, you knew how to build websites that you knew that people would pay for them right so once you have a certain thing that you know people are always going to pay for it then you can play around with it and I feel like with me it's the same thing you know I did e- email marketing professionally for like 3-4 years so now mm-hmm. it's like alright what is the worst case well actually the worst case now I'm going to go and like bartend or waitress and that's not even the worst <laughs> case scenario I can always be in Bali or whatever and like you know do funnels for people so once mm-hmm. you have that kind of skill that you know that you can do people are going to pay money for it doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank account it doesn't matter so you, you're giving yourself uh, a play field you know in a space to play and experiment and with your creativity with anything you want with your ideas would you would you say that's true
0: absolutely it's so true once you've once you've got something that you can build and create then you will never need to get a proper job again because there will always be people willing to pay for what you can provide for them so yeah for me it is, it is building websites and I know that if everything even today you know if everything went to shit and I lost everything and I lost my business and I you know I, I was homeless on the streets you know I know that I can find clients that need websites and will pay me money for websites, right? So it's just kind of one of those uh, nice little fallbacks.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I love that. Yeah. Okay, cool. So now, finally, we're coming to coworker. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I know the story of the coworker is you and Sam, your co-founder, you were in Hong Kong, you were looking for a coworking space. And it was so hard for you guys to just find one place that, had, you know, it was, you, your idea was to kind of build a TripAdvisor co-working spaces and mm-hmm. you mentioned, what I'm interested in is like, you know, you went into, because this is like a tech startup, you completely switched from like marketing into, you know, tech, like this is a mm-hmm. platform, right? This is like <laughs> a completely different, but I mean, knowing you and knowing like all the stuff you've done before, now it's obviously not surprising, but it's still like a completely different industry. Um, how did you feel like being being a girl, being a woman in the tech industry in general, what were some of the challenges you were
0: facing uh, while you were building it? You know, honestly, I, I look back and all the... When I was doing freelance work and I had tech clients, it was usually me as the only girl working for like a group of guys. Like I'm kind of used to that dynamic. And actually, even when I was in advertising agencies, a lot of the time it was me with a group of guys. And so I actually... I actually like that dynamic. I like working with guys. I've always you've know, never had a problem. There's always been good banter. Just so yeah, I guess uh, it's never really been an issue for me. I, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the media right now about you know the sexual harassment of women in Silicon Valley. Yeah, I've heard that, mm-hmm. but I guess yeah, you know, I'm very much removed from from that because my experience has has never been like that. Um, so, did you ever feel? Like, do you, did you ever feel intimidated or
1: let's say taking less because you're a woman in this field? Like, have you ever been? Because to be honest with you, I started this whole thing because I, I, I do not understand it and I would like to understand it more. I've never felt less because I'm a woman and I come mm-hmm. from Eastern Europe, you know, so maybe you can, have you ever been put in a position where you felt like, you know, maybe the guys were kind of judging you or oh, you don't know, you're a girl, whatever.
0: Have you ever felt that? You know, I haven't, but at the same time, I think it's because I always charged very high rates as a freelancer, and that actually positions you um, much higher in their mind. I think if you are in a situation where you feel like you might be being judged as a woman, my advice would be raise your prices and then see you (laughs) on the same level as a guy. And here's the thing, right? Like I know, even though I would say that my prices were, you know, were pretty high, I know guys that... Have way less uh i would say abilities than me that would charge double triple the amount and it, it, literally I feel like uh, these guys are a you know, friend of mine, so I'm not putting them down because it's it's their business they're good at what they do they can get money in, but I know that they don't have the same kind of i say skills but just ability to create things so there's definitely still room for uh me to if i if maybe if I was a guy i'd feel more cocky and more uh, you're able to charge super crazy high premium prices but uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I can think
1: of maybe mm, interesting I love that you know it's it's a conversation that I feel like is needed because the conversation now is about how women you know especially with this going on in Silicon Valley and stuff like that Like, but as I said like for me it was never the case and I feel like if we behave like we you know this is the price that what, what you know this is my service and you're paying what I'm worth and all of that then the problem goes away they're like oh Okay, well, that's an equal player
0: on the table, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, you know, the the number one thing is just having confidence in yourself. I I remember um, reading, it was in Harvard Business Review last month, there was this um, study where they surveyed like VCs and, you know, like tech companies to see which pitches were more effective um, and they always chose the uh, men. That were the most successful pictures, but then the findings showed that men that were doing pictures that were portrayed classically feminine traits such as a, a higher voice a softer voice you know a, a maybe mm. less um, kind of cocky stance and everything they did very badly so it's not necessarily a, a male or women thing it's just being able to project yourself with confidence and not kind of shrinking into yourself maybe right. Um,
1: right right yeah i completely agree with you and i see that happening yeah cool so uh all right so let's move on um so now you're with this co-worker tell, to tell me
0: where you are today and what are you guys doing with a co-worker already so right now i am in chiang mai thailand (laughs) i uh i tend to always gravitate back here just because it's such an easy place to base myself and it's also you know when you're growing a tech startup you want to put as much money as you can into growing the team growing the business and so being in chiang mai just means i can keep my costs low but still having a really nice lifestyle so that's where we are right now. We've just hired a few more people. We've got this awesome new girl that's based in Canada that we're bringing over to Chiang Mai to spend two months with us soon. So I'm really excited about that. And, yeah, we're just trying to keep grow the business and expand um, across more and more cities, get more co-working spaces on board, you know, get more visibility. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, there's there's lots of things that we've got in the pipeline and so, uh, yeah, I'm right. really excited about the next few months. Cool, I'm really happy uh, for you, and really, really proud of you. What would you say in in
1: Coworker um, would be the like the the point, like the turning point, or like your proudest moment um, in your journey with Coworker? I think.
0: I think for me, it was when the Financial Times covered us and called us their innovation to watch for the month. And it wasn't just online, but a friend of mine sent me a photograph of her by the pool in Singapore holding a copy of the Financial Times. And there was our logo on the pages. Oh my God. And I flipped out. I was like, what the actual fuck? Like, no work <laughs> ever said Financial Times uh, as this innovation to watch. And that was like a total surprise because I knew we were going to be online and um, because they called me for an of you because they, they saw us on Product Hunt and so we were trending there, but I had no idea it would be in the print version. And it's just nice kind of having that external validation. I know, you know, you shouldn't need it, but when you see uh, something like that saying that they think your idea is good, it just kind of helps you get more confidence in what you're doing.
1: Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. And I see how You know how they say, like, you can only connect the dots going backwards. And now that we we, and and (laughs) you, you've been such a big part of coworker, you know, like I can just, how you were like shipping everything and you were doing a lot of the press, right? And and a lot of these things were put in, obviously your, your part, your co-founder was part of it, but all of it, would you say that everything you've done up until that moment kind of led you to this role in a way being the co-founder, coworker, and now it's, you know, a great
0: company? Absolutely. I think because I've tried so many things um, in my 20s, you know, different types of things in advertising and marketing and, and tech, it really just, and also having experience working with different types of people. That's the huge thing because in business, it's all about, you know, working with people. It's not even really about you or the product. It's just about you and the other people and the dynamic and what you can do together. And so that really helped train me for the position I'm in now where I'm leading a team that was absolutely terrifying my first few months when we did initially grow the team because I was so used to doing things by myself that you know suddenly having all these people you know looking to me for you know directions really resisted that for a long time I actually hired a coach to like work through it with me for six months because I felt like I needed some kind of Support to not freak out about it. So uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a huge ahead. transition.
1: I'm working with a girl now as well, and it's like, and it immediately it's such a mind shift. You know, it's it's suddenly you're like, oh, okay. How do I communicate that in the right way? And like, how do we manage this together? Yeah, it's a huge, huge thing that's like completely new. And yeah, I I can a little bit I can understand you now <laughs> in that sense. So, all right, cool. So we are almost at, well, almost at the end. I have one more question, one more story that I can't let you go without us telling, without you mm-hmm. telling us about your, um, you know, how you met Richard Branson on Necker Island. <laughs> and it's such a crazy story and I love it because it's I mean it's huge like the guy is one of my role models or whatever Um, you know I read his books and he's just I feel like you know he's kind of uh, are you trying to be like, you're like the female version of, uh, you know, where Richard Brassick he's oh. like crazy, right? Um, as much oh, as I would love to yeah. claim
0: that, um, I wish I was. Maybe like a <laughs> yeah. mini version,
1: you know, because he's he's <laughs> just taking, you know, he, he is taking challenges on. He's not afraid and he's just trying new things and, you know, screw it, let's do it, all of that kind of stuff. So I feel like you have the same vibe. So tell me the story. So you were, where were you when
0: you got the call from a friend? Well, so I'd just flown over to San Francisco to go to a conference called HustleCon. And so I just been to the conference and then I was sitting there in um, my friend's uh, house that I was staying with. And then a friend of mine messaged me and he's like, Leanne, I'm going to Necker Island, as you know, because I already knew he was going. It was this you know, private mastermind for like 25 entrepreneurs. It was like a week long thing with Richard Branson, invite only something for like high level people, you know, not, not people like me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> messages me on Facebook saying some, and it's two days before it starts. It's like, Leanne, someone's dropped out. If you want to go, I'll put you forward. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. But you know, my first reaction and I messaged him back pretty much straight away. was like, oh, thanks for the invite. But no, it's, it's not for me because in my mind, I'm like, number one, I, I'm not good enough to be there. Number two, it was a lot of money. And I was like, oh, can I justify spending that? How much was it? It was, I think, twelve thousand dollars for the week mm. um and then number three just I was like well, what what would I possibly talk about with these people you know like because at that point I was you know just doing my little freelance you could talk you about know. the spatulas or you didn't do them yet <laughs> no I, I had already done them so they had been done but, um there you go <laughs> <laughs> but then so I told him no I was like well you know just think about it you know there's a, a couple of hours before you're going to make a decision and so about it and i thought about it i'm like you know what if i don't do this this might be the only time that i get offered this kind of opportunity and i think this is one of my one of my traits is i hate missing an opportunity and this is one of my downfalls as well right because if you're always chasing opportunities you don't focus on the thing that's right in front of you um but in this situation it was a good thing so i'm like right I'm just going to do it. So I had literally about from deciding uh, to do it. He messaged the the people that were running it. They got in touch with me. We had an interview. They accepted me into the program. I'm like, right, okay. I've got to what to book my flights. So at this point, it was like 8 p.m. and if You've I want, twelve thousand dollars now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. How can I get that money out of my savings? You know, I, and I, I had to be on a flight at 5 a.m. So everything had to be done within this tiny, short window. And anyway, I pulled some strings, made it happen, got there in time. And it was crazy. I mean, being around so many amazing entrepreneurs, doing huge things, it's an intimate environment. And Richard was just hanging out with us the entire week. You know, his wife was away. So, you know, he wasn't hanging out with his wife. He was literally just hanging out with us, you know, eating lunch with us, dinner with us. We'd have these parties and every evening that had a theme, like a costume party. So, him? You know, he'd be there in his little air host costume with bright leather lipstick on, dancing on the tables. He's so funny. Um doesn't take himself seriously at all. He's so chilled. And yeah. How did you... So, okay, so you took the decision...
1: And then you said that okay, right? So I'm going to do it. This is a one-time life, uh, you know, opportunity, obviously. And uh, so you arrived, right? So you arrived. Like I can just imagine, like I would be so intimidated, like you know, all of these thoughts of, you know, I'm not good. Like what? What were you do- like? What? What were you talking to them about? Especially since you were in the in the middle of the project. Like how did you feel in the beginning? And then how did you just gradually? I, I'm assuming that you just felt natural with it. Like how did that happen?
0: You know, I think, I guess we just talked about their, You, know, I was talking to them about their businesses trying to learn, like my things, I always want to learn from people that are doing bigger things than me, right? And I think if you go into these kind of environments, being super humble, knowing that, you know, you are just there to like absorb stuff like a sponge, not try to project yourself as being important and on their level, not even on their level, because of course you were all equals, but, you know, not trying to project anything right if you just stay open and you eventually connect with people like people
1: yeah 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 I can see that like they're all you know as as I mentioned to you before they they don't know what the hell they're doing anyways you know it's it's all it's all pretty much a game (laughs) life is a game and some of us you know are hitting the the target some of us are not and it's yeah but it can get so intimidating and I feel like you just what you said is absolutely true where you just talk about you know human things and and you just be yourself which is hard but I guess you just get over it and drink a bit of alcohol and like uh <laughs> you know the party goes on and that's it you're like best friends <laughs> <It> <laughs> after that awesome well that's such a great story thanks for sharing that I think that you know we all get those moments and we're like oh maybe I should maybe I shouldn't and uh I'm assuming our advice, your advice would be should just do it, right? Screw it, yeah. screw it, do it. It's time for tools and resources on Girl Skills. Uh, so we, we're getting out to the to the last part of, of the show where we're getting into like practical things that you know we can kind of learn from you and that you can share with us. And uh, what, what, the first thing I want to ask you: uh, Do you have some sort of a morning routine or an evening routine that kind of helps you stay productive, or you know? have a peace of mind or something
0: like that. Mm -hmm. you know I wish I had like a really great sometimes I write down what I want my ideal morning or evening routine to be and I'll have all these great steps you know like having some green tea and doing some yoga but in reality I just never stick to it because there's always (laughs) things that come up um so I would say for me first thing I do as soon as I open my eyes I go I get up and I go brush my teeth because unless I brush my teeth it's so easy to keep on sleeping but I feel like you know once you have that minty freshness in your mouth you can't go back to sleep again right so it's a good way to just get yourself out of bed and doing things and then i actually like to sounds really random so i am i like doing these things on photoshop where it's called photoshop actions and you create all these cool photos of your friends pulling in all these like crazy effects and stuff i really like doing it it's really fun because i'm not naturally artistic but you know with Photoshop and all these tools, you can create all these things. So I go to Facebook and I see if any of my good friends have birthdays that day. And if they do, I find a photo of them and I put it into Photoshop and I whip it up and do this really cool photo. And then I post it on their wall with a happy birthday message. Um, amazing! <laughs> I know you've done one for me. You've done one for me. It's great. I'm like, this is the best project ever. And again. Well, I mean- Fun to start the day with some kind of creativity, and also it's a good way to keep you know, doing something for people. is a good way to maintain your relationships as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's
0: a really cool cool hack you've
1: got in there. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Uh, so next question is: um, Do you have any sort of like um, online tools or apps that you're using on a daily basis that help you stay productive, help you stay in touch, or kind of help you just organize mm-hmm. yourself?
0: Well, so with the team, um, we use Slack as a communications channel. So we chat about everything internally there. And then for like task allocation, uh, we use Basecamp. So I'm always in Basecamp every day, reviewing what people have posted, creating new to-do lists. What I really like why like, people talk about project management tools, and there's so many out there. What I love with Basecamp is it's so linear, and I'm a linear thinker. I I, I don't do well with... Productivity tools and project management tools that are very graphical. Like I just like lists of things that you can tick off and you get that satisfaction when you check the checkbox. And um, so yeah, Slack, Basecamp, they're the two. Um, I use a lot. Of, I do a lot of things in Photoshop using templates from uh, I mentioned before Invato Elements. I have a subscription to that. It's magic for me, um, so I recommend that. And yeah, I guess they're they're the big ones. And then I'm always logging into we have our own internal like back end with all our own stats for co-workers i'm always checking those seeing you know if there's anywhere we can improve what we need to optimize mm-hmm. if anything's done really well that day google analytics of course always good to keep an eye on that and actually there's this software that we've installed on Coworker at the moment which is so fascinating i'm checking it like multiple times a day so it's called clearbit reveal and you install it on your website and it matches the ip address of a person with the ip address on your website looking at your products which pages they're visiting so it's kind of like a snooping on the internet you know like, like like you're a spy uh so it's just like a really fun thing to to look at and know who's in your website that day right that's cool wow so how how is it called clear bit uh clear bit reveal clear
1: bit reveal okay cool and in your personal life
0: uh or maybe you don't have one at this point with co-worker <laughs> do no, you don't really have much of a personal life and I'm actually like naturally I'm very disorganized so I'm not one of those people that's good with keeping track of things on spreadsheets and you know all that kind of stuff I literally just have a to-do list on my phone in my notes thing I just every day I'll put like a little list of things I need to do and that's that's what keeps me focused so nothing very tech savvy there yeah or fancy cool well whatever whatever
1: works you know you gotta you gotta find your flow um okay cool so how so you mentioned some of the tools and stuff and um are there any people or like blogs or platforms that you follow for um you know for just education
0: information or news well i guess for me oh so some it's not so much an online thing but a magazine so harvard business review i always thought it was for like old boring people me too. but then right but then I got a copy of it last month and it was amazing like hands down the best magazine that I've read in years like there were so many like juicy articles like learnings tidbits like it was amazing it was not boring at all like I I remember like a few years ago I would try to force myself to read The Economist to like make myself smarter Mm. and I hated it it was like the life was draining out of me when I read it but Harvard Business Review, it's if you're if you're in tech or like, in business, definitely like read that because it's really, really good. Um, in terms of blogs, so I follow- I mentioned before Invato Elements. So Invato has a blog where they um, do lots of tutorials and how to do things. So I actually have that set on my Facebook so that all their posts appear at the top of my Facebook feed. Because I think it's so nice when you log into Facebook and instead of just being, you know, distracted and go down a rabbit hole with, you know, people's drama and your timeline, you actually see all these articles about how to create things. So Mm, I love that. Yeah, that's a great advice. Okay, thank you.
1: Okay, so now let's go into one book that you would recommend uh, that kind of like, you know, transform you or change your way of thinking about, you know, business life or anything.
0: Hmm. I would say it's a book called What Got You Here Won't Get You There." And it's all about how um, the traits that got you to a certain level, although they were brilliant for getting you, to, you know, to that point, you might actually have to completely flip them on the head and do completely different things in order to be successful for the next level. And it was a really good way of... Um, I guess, self-assessment, looking at myself and realizing, oh, flip, you know, I thought that was a strength, but actually in this context now, it's not, I should, I should work on that. Hmm. Um, And also it really helps you see, um, if you've got managers or if you're working, you know, with people, it helps you kind of understand why they might be doing certain things as well. So yeah, just all around, I think it's a really useful book. Right. Awesome.
1: Um, cool. So I got two more questions for you. Uh, one is
0: what is always in your purse? Bright lipstick and dry shampoo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, love that. Dry shampoo. Because honestly, having bright lipstick will just make... Even if you've got no other makeup on, even if you're wearing the most boring outfit, if you put bright lips on, you feel so confident like a badass and you can strip down the street and literally for me it's a confidence thing i love wearing bright lipstick because it gives me confidence and then dry shampoo because you always want your hair looking fresh
1: right right yeah great great advice uh i got the lipstick but not the dry shampoo so i'm gonna incorporate that advice into my life as well (laughs) all right so we get to the last question and uh tell me leanne what would you like to be written on your tombstone?
0: Oh, let me think. Gosh, that's like a difficult question. Um, If I was just going to like put one line there, it would literally just be, she had the banter. Because you know what, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter about, you know, the things that you do in life, you know, the success that you have, you know, all those things. At the end of the day, it's how people relate to you. And if you can... You know, have that sense of humor to connect with people and, you know, entertain people and just, you know, have a good time and laugh. Then that's really the all that matters in life. Right.
1: Well, yeah, Le- Leanne, Le- I can promise you. Well, I'm, I'm going to try to keep my promise. It all depends on the timing and whatever, how long we live, but uh, I'll make, I'll, <laughs> my, I'll make sure that, you know, your tombstone, I hope many, many, many years from now or maybe forever. You never know. We'll have <laughs> those words. So, uh, thank you very much for sharing that. So, all right, so we are now at the end of the interview. It was great. Thank you so much. And Thank you know, for, doing me for the, show. the second time and for, for everyone listening, I really enjoyed this interview and I really enjoyed all the resources and tips and trick and your crazy journey. But if they want to know more about uh, you know, you or coworker, uh,
0: where where can they go and find you guys? So for me, it's uh, Leanne Beasley at uh, leannebeasley.com. And then for Coworker, if you're looking for a co-working space anywhere in the world, it's just coworker.com.
1: Right. And we're going to put all of the links and every, every, all of the tools you've mentioned in, on our website. So, and uh, yeah, our listeners can find all the links on, on the podcast page. So that's it, Leanne. Thank you so much again. I, I hope you're going to have a beautiful uh, night. In Chiang Mai, and uh, yeah, thank you so much. Well, thank
0: you. This was great, and uh, yeah, always have fun talking with you, Anna. (laughs) All right, bye. Bye so that's it for this episode with Leanne Beasley Uh, I hope you enjoyed
1: it and took away some awesome lessons for your own success and if you haven't managed to take note of all the tools and resources Leanne has recommended I know there were a lot uh, no worries Uh, you can easily get them delivered straight into your inbox so you can always have it available at your fingerprints Um, to download it and subscribe for it you can go go to girlskill.com forward slash zero zero one download again it's girl girlskill.com forward slash zero zero one download um, it will also come in a PDF form so you can easily save it in your Evernote or wherever you store your files um, just in case you know you you want to you wanna get that book we talked about or you want to get that link to the resource with the templates we talked in this episode um, you can have it available so go to girlskill.com forward slash zero zero one download to get it and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on your fo- favorite podcast app to stay tuned and be notified of new episodes. I'll see you on the next episode of Girl Skill Podcast.
0: Thank you for tuning in
1: to GirlSkill. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher to never miss an episode. And never forget
0: that your version of success
1: is uniquely yours to live and experience. Until next time, let's continue redefining female success together. GirlSkill.com. Female success, redefined.